Hello and welcome to Young Nostalgia. Next to me is Ben. I am Nolan. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing today, Nolan? Not too bad. To recap a little bit, our first episode, um, just starting off our second one here. Our first one was all about the Rat Pack, everything from Sinatra to Dean Martin and Sammy, Sammy Davis. and Kind of how they got everyone got started, how the group got formed, that sort of thing. Exactly. So... Again, this is Young Nostalgia, where two college guys reminiscing about the days we never lived through but would love to go back and experience, and that's what we're all about here. So going straight into our second episode today, we're actually talking about the British invasion from the 1965-4-ish straight through the early 70s. So I'm super excited to get bumping in. So starting us off, um, how do you feel about just the British invasion in general? I love it. Um, the the music the music at the time really really changed at that point the new bands that were coming and not only did they bring new music with them but they changed the music industry once they got here other bands kind of changed their sound their the the audience changes the culture changed at that period of time and it was whether it was a direct result or not there was it was a substantial period of time where the entire music industry just changed. I think so too. And I think the coolest thing is talking about our last episode with the swing era, you know, that went all the way through into the 1960s. And then here come the British invasion when rock was still considered this rebellious, anti-culture, unaccepted style. Mm -hmm. But these guys come over from the UK and just flip it on its head. And the entire young population just jump on board and love every minute of it right and and at this point in time rock like you said rock and roll wasn't new but it was substantially different i mean there was there's early guys uh chuck berry for example had been around for quite a while at this point already well before all this happened and it was still rock and roll but when bands started coming in from overseas it was they had a a distinct different sound that that everyone loved, but it was also not necessarily universally accepted into the mainstream music culture of, you know, the, the adults and the, the older people. And it was really the younger generations that kind of jumped onto it early, which I guess is, that's pretty standard for <laughs> any music type. It, it all starts young and it, it works up. So that's no surprise there. Um, but it, it took quite a while, several years, or more than several years to finally get this new style ingrained into the mainstream music. And what was super interesting about it is that you had two sides. You had the Beatles side, the clean cut, upbeat music, and then you have the Rolling Stones that kind mm-hmm. of are complete 180 opposite. And it appealed to two different groups right. of, you know, the garage bands and the, I don't know, well-cut family atmosphere, but they still had a new style of music to bring to the table that many people, especially the older generations, kind of rejected right um and it was just something that people attached to and enjoyed the kind of style and it really just changed everything and i think me personally i attach more to the beatles especially when they first came over mm-hmm. um i mean i'm not screaming my head off and throwing my underwear at them on <laughs> stage <I hope not>. <laughs> <laughs> but i just i like how they presented themselves um they might just be our strong connection to what the rat pack looked like clean cut mm-hmm. um they all had their assigned position and the way they contributed to the bands and i think one of the coolest things is when you when they sing their songs, you can tell who's singing and the style that they bring right, to them. Right, and it was 
even back then, you can. it kind of goes for any music, too. I mean, a lot of times, everything gets muddied up, whether it's, you know, the the background, the melodies, that sort of thing, um, the, the vocalist. It gets kind of muddied up. Can't really tell what's going on. It might sound fine, but it's hard to distinguish what's what. I mean, that, that old, the early original Beatles, it was so clear. I mean, you could tell the... the vocals were so clear the guitar parts everything was it wasn't distorted or anything like that and it was it was a like you said it was clean cut and it was so much different than what it you know later became became and there's kind of a a big swing fairly close to that you know later on where it went exactly opposite of that for everyone (laughs) and so it's it's interesting that you know talking about the Beatles like that because they were I mean, that's they're huge. Everyone knows the Beatles now. Everyone knows the Beatles. You think about British Invasion, 60s, anything. Uh, you know, first thing that pops into anybody's brain is the Beatles. And so looking at them, how much they they changed throughout, you know, their careers as a band and well after, you know, they uh, broke up and, you know, individual careers. And it's interesting to look at, look at them because they have such a long standing, uh, it's... I want to say it's a career, but they have a, uh, uh, I'm totally, (laughs) it's been a long day here. Well, Um, no big deal. And it's such a. All right, well, (laughs) let's, let's move on a little bit. So. (laughs) That's embarrassing. (laughs) What was so interesting about the Beatles as well, and you can actually kind of connect them a little bit to the Rolling Stones, that the image of what the Beatles were in Britain before they actually started getting huge was leather jacket biker kind right but that's what the rolling stones brought over Mm -hmm. instead to the u.s and you know let's talk about the stones a little bit and they're kind of what you would really think of now as unwholesome or rebellious in the form of rock Mm because you can't pin the original beatles that came over to the u.s to the rolling stones and what they brought and i think the British invasion was kind of tinted by what the Rolling Stones brought as well with the whole rebellious side of it. Right, right. And it what they brought and, you know, other people brought it too, that's what they're known for, though. And it kind of set the image for the whole era, regardless of if other groups fit that bill or not. They were kind of all just lumped together. And, you know, you hear anything on the radio with like, anything like that and it's like oh it's that you know it's that british rock or whatever that came over no matter what it was it just gets lumped into that same group (laughs) yeah yeah and uh i mean it took years up into late 60s early 70s for this rock and roll to really just catch mainstream and regular bands just garage bands people in america trying to make it change their sound Mm -hmm. to be what the british invasion came in as because the British Invasion really set up, this is what mainstream pop culture rock music for the ages right now needs right. to be. And right. everyone jumped on board, and that's what everyone loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why we really like it so much, is because you and I, we still listen to this music. Um, we'll get later oh, on yeah. in the show about you know bands throughout the um, early 60s, but more mid-70s when they actually came over to the U.S. and became big, mm-hmm. but it was hugely paved the way by Beatlemania um, and all them. Right. They they don't necessarily always get lumped into the British Invasion, but there's still bands that kind of followed on their coattails and uh, came to the United States shortly after, or some in some cases well after, 
you know, the, the initial, the, the Beatles mania, the Rolling Stones, Dave Clark five kinks, all those bands from the, the real early onset of the British invasion. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we, I know we talked about Beatlemania a little bit, but let's look at the grand scheme of what Beatlemania brought. So back in the sixties, it was huge. You know, you made it when you were on the Ed Sullivan show. Right. Right. And that was, that was kind of their big entrance into the music industry in the United States. And it was the, the people around them, it was, there was so much pressure to, you know, create a big hype for this, you know, new band that just, just came here. They, when they were on the Ed Sullivan show, they, they, they papered the house. They gave out, uh, free tickets to go encouraging people to go to this show to make it look like it was packed. It was, it was, people were going nuts. They had, they were encouraging people to just go crazy over this band for the purposes of ma- cr- establishing, establishing that, uh, enthusiasm. And it, it worked. I mean, people for years on afterwards, that kind of set the theme for people to go nuts, stereotypical, crazy <laughs> at, Beatles concert. <laughs> well, <And. laughs> t- taking a look at this, all right, let's say you and I form a band <laughs> and we try to make it big. <laughs> We're like, hey, I want to go on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. They sell out tickets only for people just to scream at us, right? but they don't, they don't know anything about us. Would that make you almost feel, what's the point of doing this? Because they don't even know anything about us. They're just getting paid to scream. Yeah. And I, I, I see your point. Um, but the, I there I have another side to that as well. <laughs> look at us. If you look at us trying to you know start something up, trying to get big. What's your perfect way of getting your name out there? Put my face on TV. Right there. <laughs> Put your face on TV and have people seem to love what you're doing, regardless of if they know it or not. And yeah, I mean, it might not be as being us it might not be as cool to us if we're just up there and there's no connection with our audience but in the grand scheme of things if you if you really wanted to get your name out there i mean that is there's no other way to do it i mean it's perfect it obviously worked gangbusters <laughs> that's that's so true i mean anymore you can just mindlessly watch tv and believe whatever's put in front of you yeah um, yeah people just follow along like like sheep you know they see all these people going crazy for this group or person or whatever and and everyone else just starts following in right behind him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's been multiple bands that have been through the Ed Sullivan show from the British Invasion. We got the Beatles, mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones right. were huge on Ed Sullivan as well. But an interesting story that I heard about the Doors when they were on Ed Sullivan, is I'm pretty sure it was the Doors. I don't know <laughs> if you've heard this story, but they kind of embodied this whole I don't give a crap attitude that we love about oh, yeah. the oh, rap pack. Oh, of course, yeah. And so they were invited on the Ed Sullivan show and... The producers or whoever was behind them that brought him there said that you can't say this certain line within this song. You can't say blah, 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 blah. Right. And they're like, yep, signed, ready to go. They went <laughs> on there. They went on there. I know where this is going. Said it. You know, and nobody can stop them. Oh, yeah. They're, you're, they're on, in, you're on TV. They're in mid-performance. <laughs> and so they, and the, the mindset was, you've made it when you're on the Ed Sullivan show. So they came off, the producers went up to them and said, you will never do the Ed Sullivan show again. They turned straight to them and said, we just did the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just walked away. You do it once. You don't really need to do it again. Exactly. It doesn't really matter to them. It yeah. happened and 
That's how it is. And now look at them. I mean, the doors were huge. Exactly. I love the doors. I don't. I, do you listen to the doors? I mean, when they're on, well? I, when they're on, I enjoy them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it, and then they get in their helicopter with their scotch and cigar, and then they fly away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the dream for yeah, everyone. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it, it, just certain aspects of it, mm-hmm. you can see behind the scenes how this could be seen as rebellious and and their own kind of styling way. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we love about them um, is that, you know, they're just ordinary people, but it seems like they're behind this brick wall that we could never understand. Mm-hmm. But you hear these stories just like The Doors and The Ed Sullivan Show, and it makes you want to think, I would want to be that same way if I was in that same situation. <laughs> yep. And it's, I mean, it's just kind of the mindset and the, the way of life of the era and the bands and, you know, whatever input you get, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then continue to do with what you're going to do anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Um, all right. So we talked about a lot of the groundwork and the influential bands that started over and, and really kicked this off. So I know a couple of us are really into the seventies and eighties British rock movement. Um, the really the culture of the British invasion kickstarted international rock music everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that's why we got more influences like Zeppelin, Def Leppard and Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. And I know you're a huge Le- Zeppelin fan. Um, oh, I, so let's, love let's Led hear Zeppelin. what you got, man. Let's hear what you got. Well, Led Zeppelin, they're, they're, they're British, obviously talking about the British invasion and they are never really lumped into the British invasion per se because they I mean they came over uh, they were formed in 68 and then they came over kind of on the the tail end of the actual British invasion that people think of but they they too brought over their own unique style early on they had um, a lot of I don't want to say clean because we already used clean cut kind of like the Beatles it's not quite the same in a sense but it was a it was a more distinct style music, and they had a lot of amazing acoustic stuff, too, which it was obviously popular at the time, but a lot of bands weren't doing that. When they came over, there was it was kind of a movement into the, um, I don't want to say grunge or metal, but it had that kind of sound, you know, the heavy guitar solos and the, the heavy blues backing, which they, they obviously they were into at the time and later, but they had this amazing acoustic folk kind of music which was also you know popular at the time too and it was their range of genres that they fit into was i mean it's phenomenal there it went all the way from you know single guitar spoken uh word kind of music all the way up into the you know later on they had the some super trippy <laughs> you just start you just start laughing at some of the songs like i'm a led zeppelin fan but sometimes towards the end there it's like i don't know if i can listen to that it's just a, a little too crazy crazy for me and so that's that's kind of what i like about zeppelins you can plug in an album and you can even on the same album you can just swing back and forth you know so many different types and sounds in their music and they kind of jumped on this bag bandwagon of conspiracy. I know what is Stairway to Heaven, and uh, then you play it backwards yeah, or something, yeah, and, and and there's some sort of message or, or yeah, something I don't, that gets through. Then who is it? I hope I'm not misspeaking here. Is it uh, the stuff with the Wizard of Oz? I think you're right. Was yeah. that was that Stairway? I I don't know enough about this that that sort of stuff, but 
yeah, I mean, it's just weird, weird stuff like that that I'm fairly positive there's <laughs> no actual, you know, there's nothing backing that. It just kind of happens yeah. to work. I, you know, I mean, I could be 100% wrong, but I doubt it. Well, <laughs> who knows? The people could be tripping, listen to this, accidentally play it backwards and think they hear something. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows what kind of, you know, what kind of crap they were on. You know? <laughs> I mean, they, they were making the music and they're, you know, they're out of their minds. So, so. speaking in terms of young nostalgia, what makes you so attracted to the style and what Led Zeppelin brought to British music and rock music in general that makes you so attached to them? Um, well, I guess, I mean, I don't really have a, a clear cut answer. I kind of, it's kind of what I already talked about a little bit. The, the huge broad range. I mean, Jimmy Page, just listen, I can, I, I like to listen to it in nice and quiet. I, if I'm listening to Zeppelin, I can't, it's not like one of the music types that I can just, you know, listen to in the background and write a paper or that sort of thing. If I, if it comes on, I mean, I basically drop everything I'm doing and I, I listen, I pick apart the different instruments and what's going on. And I, I especially tune into Jimmy Page's guitar cause it's just amazing. I mean, him playing one, one track on the recording, you know, him playing it, it sounds like there could be two or three different people playing, especially in like the acoustic type songs. If he's playing a 12 string or something like that. I mean, it's just crazy the the parts that he plays and it's it's crisp and clear it's not you know all muddied up with you know buzzing from strings and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. unless it's supposed to be for a certain sound effect yeah and that's what i really love about the music is just breaking it down and listening to those amazing parts what about you what, what well you- um I, I i'm a fan i'm a fan of zeppelin um but i can't understand as much about them as as you do mm-hmm. but i can bring in my aspect of def leppard coming Perfect. in around the 80s right um and i love their style because of the way they in 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 incorporated harmony mm-hmm. with their rock music yeah um like rock of ages and just kind of the whole punch in your face <laughs> rock music that uh-huh. you can just you know turn up to 11 and it changes your mood just like that um, and you know, <laughs> I, I, I always picture Def Leppard wearing like ashless chaps <laughs> out, out there singing and, and just I'm not, jamming out. I'm not really, I, I like Def Leppard and whenever it comes on, but I'm not really a huge fan. And I, <laughs> I, I guess I, that's one of the things where I have to ask, is that true or not? Well, I have seen them in concert, and thank God they were not wearing asses chaps. <laughs> but they were fantastic. Um, I mean, they're probably well into their 60s, and they can definitely keep a crowd going. Um, yeah. It was awesome. That, that is awesome. It's it's pretty rare that someone, they might be still touring or something like that, but they can still have the same level of intensity and you know support from the crowd and that sort of thing. Definitely. And that's really what you get from every band in this time period mm-hmm. um you know unfortunately led zeppelin isn't around that much because a few of um, their members passed away right but i'm sure they would still have the same level and energy and i think just the realm of concert energy that these you know later british rock bands mm-hmm. had is just so much different than what it is today um and and right. i absolutely love it and i think they're fantastic but the sad thing is these bands are getting older you know i mean within 10 years you and i won't be able to go see leopard um or anything like that anymore yeah yep i mean i 
I, I am not a, a concert person, really. Um, and if I were to go, you know, to a concert, it would be a, a group like this, and that's <laughs> kind of lose an opportunity, you know, as we speak here. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. But I know you talked about going to a Def Leppard concert. I know Led Zeppelin; they have you know lost members over the years. Um, but they recently had that live tour. Uh, I don't know the year off. 2012 2013 maybe and there's a whole i i have the the cds it's kind of a box thing they're not great to listen to because it's live music so yeah it's, yeah it is what it is <laughs> but uh i mean they filled in and they they were playing the old songs and they sounded good and you know those guys i mean they're you know <laughs> relatively speaking to us they're old as dirt <laughs> <laughs> but the music is timeless right the music is timeless. right um and it's just great i think it's awesome when these older groups and bands are are still are still out there and still you know getting a crowd rowdy you know yeah definitely <laughs> i mean and then even taking a look at i know your big instrumentalism and uniqueness of the music of zeppelin can also be kind of equivocal to what pink floyd brought they brought their own sense of it you know yes. um and it's kind of that same style very unique very different right um a lot of times they had a weird trippy story behind it i mean everything mm -hmm. from the wall to time right um all of their music mm -hmm. fantastic and i think they're very good instrumentally um and, on, and fortunately they do have cover bands a lot to, a lot of times with these but it's not the same as going to no, see i mean there might be guys. some there's i have heard i generally am not a huge fan of listening to the cover bands i much with you know the accessibility of things on the internet now i mean it's not difficult to find original recordings you know whether you know whatever music online music store you use itunes or google play or anything like that it's not difficult to find the original stuff and so i i generally don't um look for or care too much about cover stuff but it is great that people are still trying to carry on the name and the the sound of these bands and i've heard i've heard a couple and i mean some of them they really nail it i mean they not only do they just it's not like they're just covering a song, you know, they might add their own little style to it. I mean, they're working hard to mimic that style and that sound, whether it's down to the instruments or even the, the voices. And that's, I think that's pretty awesome. And I would, I'm sure both of us would love to, if we were more musically inclined, we would love to be a part of these <laughs> kind of things. But I have a great example. Um, this past summer, um, 2016 summer 2016 i went and saw a queen cover band talk mm. about another british invasion awesome yeah. rock group yep. that we could talk we, about we keep just bringing up these people <laughs> and we, we forgot that we didn't even have them written down i uh, know our stuff so. <laughs> but i mean they brought everything from the style of of who they were on stage the the, the freddie mercury Oh, yeah. quote unquote. He had the mustache, the suspenders, the yep. tight leather pants, everything that Freddie Mercury <laughs> brought to that stage. Yeah. The energy, they had it. And it was fantastic. That's they pulled a, it off amazingly. You you talked about um Pink Floyd having their own unique sound. You know, you can hear them on the radio, you instantly know it's Pink Floyd. That is you double that and that's Queen. Mm -hmm. I mean, every everybody knows Queen. Yeah. As soon even they might not be familiar with the song, comes on the radio. Oh, is this Queen? Yeah, you know, I mean, they have it's Freddie Mercury. I mean, he's the such a, a a power vocalist. I mean, just the the range he had, the power in his in his voice, and, and then I mean, the amazing musicians that backed him up. It was just it was just amazing. Two words: Bohemian 
Rhapsody. It's <laughs> oh. one of the great. That's a, I, there's a lot of songs that I really love, and then occasionally I'll end up skipping them if they come up on the radio or that sort of thing, just because I'm not feeling it. I think if if I have ever skipped Bohemian Rhapsody, it was maybe once or twice. You just cannot. I almost think it's a sin. <laughs> yeah, I think it might. It might be. And, it, and if you don't know all the words either, you might as well just get out of the car. Yeah, you gotta leave. If you're someone in your your road tripping, and that Bohemian Rhapsody is an amazing road tripping song, oh, whether yeah. whether you've seen Wayne's World or not. <laughs> um, if someone do, can't keep up with the words, you might as well just stop and let them off. I mean, they can, they can find your own home. way home. Yeah, buddy. we're not friends anymore. <laughs> all right, so kind of wrapping things up, bringing what the British invasion brought. Um, you know, they brought they brought off bands after bands after bands and influences throughout the decades after they started coming over here and make the rock music of British um, you know, style international. And so kind of bringing that to recent times, um, One Direction, unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, not with us anymore. <laughs> but they I mean <laughs> but they were they were British as well. And they kind of brought that new age of different style and everyone kind of jumped on board. Right. And just that it's a different style of boy band. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of an odd thing to be talking about <laughs> yeah, on our show. <laughs> I know. But, um, you know, a lot of people just jumped on that kind of style and they kind of brought that whole harmony and almost Beatlemania-esque because there's yeah. people that can listen to a song and you know which one, which one of them are singing it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, you and know, back to the, the, like the other side of Beatlemania, I mean, people went nuts people went absolutely crazy about this band that I, I didn't see it. I mean, I, I couldn't care less, Yeah, you know, but <laughs> I was looking at it from the outside. So it's a pretty good point of view. I'm just looking, I'm like, how on earth are these people going so nuts? Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess it's kind of this, I'm sure people thought that same way about the Beatles too. Oh, like, I know. How are people going nuts over this? You know, they're, they're, whether they're just not a fan of them or, you know, they're like a strict older person who is you know, like, oh, that's a newfangled. Music, I gotta yeah. get that out here. I mean, they're looking in, looking at people going crazy. It's just, mm-hmm. how on earth is this happening? It's and they brought a new style of tatted up, long yeah. hair. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. been around for a while, but more of just the mainstream of of what yeah. it was. Kind of brought different mm-hmm. different outlook on it. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said with the boy bands. I mean, that really wasn't seen in previous, you know, like '90s or early no, 2000s. No, sync or, or all like, that yeah. good stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and then another up and coming one, which is probably one of my favorite bands now. Um, I know you haven't listened to them too much. Yeah, I'm not too familiar. But I think you'd really enjoy them. And they bring a really cool instrumental, but 80s synth guitar rock mm-hmm. into this style of new age alternative rock music. And it's the 1975. Um, they've won multiple accolades throughout the past year and been, have been on tour. Mm-hmm. And I love them. I love their style. They're very much the we just did the ed sullivan show right. we don't need to be back again yep. you know that kind of mm-hmm. mentality and they're very much against the mainstream and honestly i've read a few things about them and they don't even like to identify with one sort of music mm-hmm. because they they put out what they feel right at the time yeah and that's i mean that's they're not alone in that there's other there are other people who do the same thing and that's it's kind of interesting when it's you just you make what you make and it's it, it doesn't necessarily have to fit into a certain guidelines. That's when you get you know cookie cutter type stuff, uh-huh. you know. And it's 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 easier to stay unique. You can keep your your own part of the 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 market, the industry, uh, the the fan base. You know, if you have your your own unique sound that you're known for, and then don't care what 
people label it as. Yeah, and and the, that's that's the really cool thing about this kind of attitude is that mm-hmm. we make the music we want to, and you're with us, so you're not. And they appreciate everyone that is, and they understand everyone that's not. So, mm-hmm. um, and I know you're a big fan of Muse, and right. these guys have taken things by storm, especially oh, years ago. Huge. They're so their shows would be sold out for years. Oh yeah. And people, it's kind of universally understood that's one of the best shows you can go to now. I mean, it's like you said, they sell out immediately. I mean, within minutes of a show opening <laughs> up, they it's sold out, and people are just uh, so pumped to go to these Muse shows. And it's not they have a great you know live performance, and their their music is just so. It's so broad, too. I mean, that's one of the maybe reasons why I like Muse, too. Going back to, like, the Zeppelin, it's so broad. I mean, they, they go from kind of uh, a smooth, low-key, kind of easy-listening kind of rock music straight to a, a pretty heavy, grungy-type sound and anywhere in between. I mean, there's some good... good uh, there's kind of some blues stuff mixed in there a little bit, you know, the the blues rhythms, and, and they've got some... I'll say tasteful use of synthesizer, <laughs> yeah. which is which is good. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not overdone or anything like that, and just kind of bring they use it and it it brings in a whole new dimension to the music. And there's there's some stuff that sounds it's I don't want to say trippy, but kind of you know futuristic space kind of esque with you know the the high pitched kind of wavering synthesizer noises and it, it the way they bring it into the music they bring in all these different styles into one piece and they're just fantastic yeah and the lead singer's amazingly talented oh yeah he can hit so many notes and yeah um his voice almost just attracts you in Mm -hmm. and you're hooked so it's a a good band yeah and i i i I think that they're also kind of known for that you know style that we're always talking about is they just they don't they don't care they they're just making music because they like music and that's that's their lives and they don't they don't really care i mean yeah they're identified as this or it's this category they don't care they're just making music yeah and that's that's what we love and there's plenty of people out there Mm -hmm. like that that kind of make music but i think to really get a great fan base it you're doing what you love and you're changing the world for what you think it should be right and 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 attracting Mm -hmm. the people and uh kind of impacting the areas that you know you can Mm -hmm. and just be yourself yeah, so I mean that's that's how you be successful. Is you have to connect with your audience. You can't, you know, some people might you know listen to something. And it's like, oh yeah, that's pretty good, and they don't bother to know the name of the song, the artist, that sort of thing. But if it's it has to be, they listen to the song and they're immediately on their phone, trying to like find out like what is this song, you know, what album is it from, who's the artist, got to find out more about them, got to find more like them. You know, and that's that's when you've really got something. That's when you get people hooked, and you get that's when you get huge. You have a huge fan base. Yeah. Um, all right. So, kind of wrapping things up. Uh, you know, the British invasion is really related to music, um, but we kind of can branch out a little bit. And it was huge in the film industry. We got you know James Bond mm-hmm. was big right. in early '60s, and Sean Connery kicked it off. Mm-hmm. British actor. Yep. Um, the Beatles even had their hand in film industry as well and mm-hmm. obviously you see their bowl cuts and suits in a, in a film <laughs> you know who it is yeah um, especially from back then and then fashion as well um you know a lot of times men would change their look and try to look like mick jagger or right john I mean, lennon's kind of a trend is people follow the celebrities of the time and exactly i mean everyone knows that and so it's seeing with 
you know, ne- not necessarily uh, music industry people on into the film industry, but just, you know, like you said, Sean Connery, the James Bond type of thing that, and anytime they see that and that they, if it be kind of comes their idol or even they're just regular fans, I mean, subconsciously or not, yeah, you know, you kind of just follow that direction. And, and so it's, it's another way that the whole British theme kind of made another impact onto the culture. Yeah, and it's seen all the way up through today. They bring over new styles, and, and everyone picks it up. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all we wanted to talk about and hit on the British invasion and yeah. and how that music still resonates with us yeah. because it was groundbreaking in one of our favorite genres, rock and roll. Right, and how it, it kind of it didn't just stop it. Just, it kind of kind of led the way for the rest of rock and roll, and we see the same kind of themes now, which mm-hmm. is that's pretty amazing how it's, it's still going. Yeah. So that's Young Nostalgia, episode two for you. Ben and I both appreciate everyone tuning in and and helping us out here on this hobby of ours. So again, we're looking for any anecdotes, whether it be from British Invasion, you met Sinatra, to you've seen a Muse concert. Give us a shout out. Give us an email Mm -hmm. at youngnostalgia2017-2017 at gmail.com. Let us know and tell us that you're interested and we'd like to have you on and talk a little bit. Um, Also, check out our feed on our blog, Young dash nostalgia that's young dash nostalgia at blogspot.com and follow us on facebook twitter and subscribe and rate on itunes yep spread it around tell your friends co-workers just <laughs> throw the name out there <laughs> yes just give us one Th- shot i promise a, you'll have a, a shameless plug <laughs> you'll have a good time <laughs> and so something to look forward to our next episode ben and i are super excited about this we're kind of gonna put on our nerd glasses and pocket protectors for this one um no it doesn't matter you can be anybody no, and really love everyone this everyone loves it <laughs> so we are gonna dive straight in and analyze everything that we love about star wars yep we're doing it we're not <laughs> we want to kind of break it up we're not you know, we love, you know, music, the older music especially, and we, we like talking about that, but we want to break it up. We're not all about music, and so we felt like there's nothing better than Star Wars to break that trend. <laughs> Definitely. So. And I, I think it's going to be a great groundbreaking door-opening thing for <laughs> That'll us. That'll be a fun show. Um, and kind of spreading out our, our, our field of, of everything that we like, of the reminiscent and nostalgia that we wish we lived through. And Star Wars was one of them. I wish I could say I've been to every premiere of every single Star Wars movie, but... Unfortunately, no. <laughs> nope. Been <laughs> anyway. <to> two. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, tune in next time, and it'll be all Star Wars right here on Young Nostalgia. And as we like to leave it with, keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time.